Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. This message is from the series Jesus in the Gospel of Luke and was preached on Easter Sunday morning, April 17, 2022. We have been studying Jesus in the Gospel of Luke because I really want us to know who Jesus is, what he said, how he thought, and what he wants from us. There are way too many people who claim to be Christians but really don't understand what he is, who he is, and what he wants. And it's important for us to know, because I believe with all my heart that Jesus is our only hope. The world is crazy. I know you've noticed that. Morally, we can't even decide anymore what's right and what's wrong. Shootings in subways and in the streets and in the schools have become commonplace. I've mourned the loss of three teenagers just in this community in the last two years who were shot and killed. Families are falling apart. The home is no longer the safe place it used to be. It's now the most violent place in America. Worldwide, we see crackpots with destructive weapons, genocide, refugees with no home to return to, meaningless wars, and hungry people. We destroy our air and land and water with no end in sight. Politically, we no longer even pretend to get along in order to solve any of the issues that we face. The world is crazy, and Jesus is our only hope. Education brings no hope, for we can't even really agree on what should be taught anymore. Jesus is our only hope. Politics brings no hope. I'm old enough to have heard all the promises from all the different parties, but I see no real change. Jesus is our only hope. Science brings no real hope. There are incredibly intelligent scientists out there, and they find new ways to help us, and at the same time, new ways that hurt us. Jesus is our only hope. Even Obi-Wan Kenobi is no hope. He's fictional. The only hope I see is in Jesus. And so my job, my calling, is to tell you who Jesus is and what he wants. I used to embarrass my kids in the grocery store. I I know I'm weird. You all know that by now. But when I had four or five of them strung behind me, I'd suddenly turn around and say loudly, Who are you and why are you following me? Well, I want to modify that question today for us. Who is he and why should we follow him? I want you to know who Jesus is, what he wants, and how to put that into practice in today's world. As I mentioned, we've been studying the Gospel of Luke, and today we get to the passage in which Jesus officially calls the 12 disciples. I'm sticking with the Gospel of Luke and using this passage instead of reading a traditional Easter passage today because I want you to understand and respond to my main point. And here's my main point. Jesus still calls disciples to follow him. He is calling you. He's called me. And he wants you and I to respond to him. So our reading today is in Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 16. 12 through 16. One of those days, Jesus went to a mountainside to pray, and he spent the night in praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them 
whom he also designated apostles. Simon, whom he called Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. So let me explain the passage real quickly. Jesus no longer still calls apostles. The 12 mentioned here were the apostles, and all of them, except for Judas Iscariot, carried on his work and his word after resurrection. But he does still call disciples, including you and me. And with all my heart, I want you to say yes, but before you do, I want you to know who Jesus is and what he wants from you. So I'm giving you the very basics today. This is who Jesus is. This is what he calls us to do. And this is what that means today in practical terms. And so the first question before you can really say yes to Jesus is, who is he? I could spend months on the issue, but I'm only going to take a few minutes today. So let me tell you four things about him. Who is he? Number one, remember that Jesus is the creator God. Don't let the word or the phrase son of fool you. It doesn't mean less than, as it often does in popular culture. It doesn't mean younger than, as it does in human terms. Jesus is God, part of the Trinity, who has always existed as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Every attribute of God is true of Jesus. He is holy and perfect. He knows everything because he created everything. He is infinitely good and perfect and loving and holy in ways you and I probably can't even understand. Understand that in the beginning, God includes Jesus. And so if you want to know of his power, think of our universe. Today, we can see light from 46 billion light years away in every direction, and we still haven't found the edge of the universe. There are over 2 trillion galaxies, each of them with about 100 billion stars. And who knows what else is out there? Only God. And Jesus created it all in an instant when he said, let there be light. Jesus is the creator God. Now, if you think that part is hard to take in, remember also that Jesus is the perfect man. This creator God came down from the glory and perfection of heaven to be born on earth at the very first Christmas. And he did what no one else could do or will ever do. He lived a perfect life here on earth. No sin, no mistakes. He was and he is perfect. I'm not sure I even understand perfect. Have you ever met a perfect two-year-old? Have you ever met a perfect teenager? Have you ever met a perfect pastor? <laughs> of course not. We've all sinned. We're all flawed. We do stupid. We say stupid. We think stupid. Even the best among us have issues. Only Jesus is perfect. And that leads me to tell you that Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. God died for man. The powerful died 
for the powerless. The perfect died for the flawed. Jesus died for me. Now, you can read the Bible and find plenty of reasons for Jesus' crucifixion. The hatred of the Pharisees, a wicked Roman culture that crucified in order to scare people and keep them in line. You can point to the betrayal of Judas. You can point to a cowardly governor in Pontius Pilate. But the real reason that Jesus died is that he was willing to offer himself as the ultimate sacrifice. Jesus, the creator and the only perfect who ever lived, died for Jack. I know that is good Christian doctrine, but it still blows my mind that Jesus would die for me. I'm not worth it, but Jesus thought so. And number four is that Jesus is alive today. That is the ultimate message of Easter. Jesus died, but he didn't stay dead. He rose from the grave early under his own power on that very first resurrection Sunday. And so he is alive today, still calling men and women to follow him. One of the tough things about being a pastor, and I know this is true of other pastors, not just me, but I've been to a, almost 500 funerals. Now, have I said I'm weird? Because often when I go home, my uh, daughters, one of them or my son, will, will ask me, so how was the funeral? And I usually just say, I don't know, he's still dead. Because that's how the world works, but that's not how Jesus worked. Jesus is alive though he died. Three men talked in the back of a church after a funeral in which they heard a great eulogy. The first said, man, I hope they say something like that at my funeral. What about you? The second said, I don't need anything elaborate like that if they'll just say he was a good man who loved God and he loved his family and he loved his country, I'll be satisfied. And the third said, I know exactly what I want them to see at my funeral. Look, he's moving. Hey, listen, it doesn't happen. Our bodies, when we die, stay in the grave. Jesus did not, and he is still alive today. That's the short version of who Jesus is. I said earlier that Jesus still called people today, and he does. I want you to know what his call includes. So when you feel the call, even today, of Jesus on your life, I want you to know what his call is on you and on me. Three things that I want to share with you. Number one, he calls you to repent. The call of Jesus begins with a call to repent. That includes admitting that you've sinned and it includes a commitment to turn away from your sin. It's dropping all of your excuses and it's quitting playing the blame game on everyone else. It's admitting to Jesus, I blew it, I've sinned, I admit it. I don't want to be that man, I don't want to be that woman. I want to change, so forgive me and change me. I need you. And that's repentance. And the second thing that Jesus calls us is to belief. To quit being a skeptic and to accept the reality that there is a God and that Jesus is his son that he came from heaven to earth, that he lived a perfect life, that he was crucified, that he died, that he was buried, that he rose again, 
and that he is alive today. There comes a time in which you have to decide what you believe, especially about Jesus. And his call is to believe in him. And number three, the call that Jesus gave most often, he calls you to follow him. Follow me was his most common command that he gave. To the 12, it meant to go where he went, to live the way he lived, to preach the gospel that he preached, to accept his standards, Jesus' standards as their standards, to show love the way that he did, and to invite others to join with them. <coughs> it's exactly the same today. It's more than going to church. It's more than reading a Bible. It's more than putting a cross on your neck. It's living like him, loving like him, accepting his standards as your standards, proclaiming his truth, and inviting others to join us. Many have oversimplified our faith to something like just say the prayer and do the dunk and you're good. Hey, listen, saying the prayer and getting baptized are only the beginning steps. The real call is to follow Jesus. And that's what the world needs, needs most right now. Real followers of Jesus who do more than just repent and believe. They follow Jesus. They live the truth. So what does this mean? Following Jesus is obviously a lifelong, really an eternal journey and an exciting one. But what am I asking you to do today, Easter Sunday, 2022? In practical terms, what am I asking of you today? For I don't want to give you theory. I want to give you steps to follow Jesus. And so step one is to accept. Now, there are many different ways and many different words, and they're all legitimate, and many of them are biblical, in which people describe the moment of choosing to become a Christian, to believe in Jesus, to follow him. Some say accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. Some say receiving Jesus into your heart. Some say praying to receive Jesus. Some say conversion. Some say being born again. Some say repent and believe. These are all descriptions of that moment in which you choose to become a believer and to follow Jesus. And when you do, your sins are forgiven. Jesus comes into your heart and your life. Your future in heaven is secured. Your life here on earth is given real meaning and purpose. You will never again, ever, never again, ever for eternity be separated from God. He will always be with you. And every person must make that decision for themselves. It's not a group thing like a family or a church or a nation. It's a personal decision. And if you've not done that, I encourage you to do that today, to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And by the way, if you're unsure how to do that, we'd be more than honored to help you with that. Secondly, be baptized, or at least schedule your baptism. Baptism does not make you a Christian. Believing in Jesus does that. But baptism is the biblical way to tell the church and the world, hey, I am a believer, and I want the world to know. It's your public declaration 
of who you are. It's your coming out ceremony as a Christian. Hey, last Sunday a great thing happened. We're going to show it to you on this video. 200 of us, 200 plus of us actually went to the park and enjoyed a picnic. We brought a big galvanized tank to fill with water because we baptize as close as we can to the biblical way by full immersion. And the faucet at the park did not work. And so we had to carry water containers out into the field. As I was carrying 10 gallons of water, I, I suddenly had a strange thought. Man, I should have been a Methodist, then I could baptize dozens with only eight ounces of water. But we baptized by full immersion. We baptized the three who had been scheduled. And then I asked if there was anyone else ready for baptism. And it thrilled my heart, and it did the crowd as well, when two more people came forward and were baptized right on the spot. Now, I can't do that today. But if you are ready and have accepted Jesus, that is the next step. And if you contact me, we will find soon a place and a time and a way to baptize you. And so you accept Jesus. You choose to be baptized. And the third thing you do is to join a church family. When Jesus called disciples, he organized them into family groups. And as the faith spread, new disciples formed themselves into groups we call the church. Hey, it's popular to say, and I know because I hear it all the time, I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe in the church, but that defies biblical teaching. There is no such thing in the Bible as believers without a church. The truth is we need each other. We need a place to go and people to worship with. We need biblical instruction. We need people to stand with and who will stand with us. We need those close, lifelong friends that you find in a church. We need proper teaching and encouragement and some accountability to stay true to Jesus. We need each other. I know, I know, church life can be messy and challenging, for we are imperfect human beings, and therefore there is no such thing as a perfect church. One of the best points of advice I ever got was from a pastor when I was about to move to another state. He challenged me to find a good church and join it. But he said, Jack, if you find a perfect church, don't join it. You will be the one to mess it up. Hey, listen, if you're a believer and you either have been or you're willing now to be baptized, we invite you to join Avondale Baptist Church. Hey, you can let us know in person on a connection card or by coming up to us at the end of the service. And if you worship with us on video, and you want to join with us, just email me and let me know, jack at abcaz.net, jack at abcaz.net. It's always best to join a church in your own community, but if that is impossible for you, we would love to have you join with us via the Internet. So what am I asking you to do today? <coughs> Excuse me. Accept Jesus. Be baptized join a church family, and number four, most important, live the life. Follow Jesus. Once you have declared yourself to be a believer in Jesus, you have a spiritual and a moral obligation 
to look like Jesus, live like Jesus, act like Jesus, pray like Jesus, love like Jesus, talk to people like Jesus, to be as close to being Jesus in today's world as you possibly can. More harm has been done to the church by hypocrites than by all the demonic spirits who have ever aligned against us. So if you're going to say, I'm a believer, then live like it. Jesus is our only hope. And he shows himself to the world through you and through me. I challenge you today to accept his call, to be baptized, to join a church, and then make a commitment, I will follow Jesus. And if I can help you, I'd be honored to. I'd be glad to. Let's pray. Father, we gather on Easter to celebrate your resurrection, but also to make a very real and deep commitment to Jesus. And I pray that there will be those who have heard the message today who put their faith and trust in Jesus, who will move forward to baptism, who will join a church, and will make an absolute commitment. Jesus, with your help, I will follow you in every possible way. I pray that that will be true of all of us, and I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you for joining with us today. Before we go, we're going to show you that baptism that I talked about. Remember, it's in the park, but it was a great time of victory for us. Let's watch. I thank you for joining us. It's been good to be with you, even on video, on this Easter Sunday, 2022. My hope and my prayer is that you and I will both live as followers of Jesus. Thank you for being with us. Remember who we are, not just words. This is who we really want to be. We love God, we love people, and we follow Jesus. And all the people say, Amen. Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. You can find out more about our church at abcaz.net and you can find Pastor Jack's sermons on most podcast apps. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.